We'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes, and fully collapsible floater decoys. Use subscription code DUCKGUNPOD at checkout to get 10% off on White Rock decoys and products. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Hardy Facebook. We go over their story and how their company came to be and all things Facebook. Let's get on into the episode. What's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Hunt Chronicles on YouTube. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting, and our guest tonight, Brian from Hardy Face Paint. How you doing? Good. How you guys doing? Doing great. great. Thank you for coming on. We're excited to do uh, doubling up, doing two podcasts in one week. So thanks for coming. Absolutely. Yep. So uh, you you told us a little earlier you've been uh, pretty busy uh, going to that, your uh, show for the last week. Was it you said Louisiana? Yeah, we were in uh, the Louisiana Sportsman Show down in New Orleans. So nice. it was, New Orleans always a good time. <laughs> so how'd that go? It went good. Um, just we're trying to reach out to new new areas. We, uh, we're from here, South Florida. So we have pretty much the eastern shore pretty good. And now we're starting to work our way more out west. We have a bunch of people in Louisiana, but... We had some friends there as well to make a, a vacation slash business trip. So it worked out great. Awesome. Just in time to get that in before duck season. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be back out there for duck season for sure. Awesome. And we were just talking about this before we uh, went live, but uh, we're all uh, kicking and ready to go for till season um, coming in September. Our starts September 8th and yeah, just ready for some till. <laughs> I think the duck depression is over at this point because it's like pregame now. Really? I am. Mm-hmm. It's getting worse. The more I think about it, the more we talk about it, the more like opening decoys are like, I'm like, why? Like it's, it's so close, but so far. See, but that, it's so yeah, close for I'm me better. that I, I just feel like that it's here. I mean, it's basically like <laughs> I'm going to blink and it's here. I'm doing like final preparations. Duck depression for me is when it's like a marathon to get to it, and it just feels like the dead of summer. I think we're past that. I'm past that. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, I think I'm ready. I mean, I already I already ran the boat. I got I'm way ahead of time. So, <laughs> so are you, you feeling any uh, duck depression ready? on your end, Brian? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I don't I don't relate with Elliot at all. I, the duck depression is strong right now. <laughs> it's just. It's killing me. <laughs> I've got duck excitement. Depression is a sad feeling. I don't have that. I've got excitement. It's right around the corner. I'll be excited at like 6.45, five minutes before shooting light. <laughs> I'm going to get into the scouting stuff. I'm going to go out and do some more scouting tomorrow, put the boat on some area. In fact, the place where we flipped our boat we're gonna, is where I'm putting it on. Um, so we're, it's game time, man, I feel like. You, uh, you do uh, very much scouting beforehand, Brian, for your teal hunts? Um, I pretty much have an area that I've always gone to 
and no matter if I go scouting early or late, they don't really show up till basically our last split. So I think our season runs about 10 days long, so I won't go till mid midweek. Let all the diehards kind of fizz out a little bit and say there's no birds around, and then go nice. hammer them a couple of times, wait a couple <laughs> days before I post any pictures. So then- like uh. So with your till, I know like for for us in Indiana, like till season, well, I guess it probably depends where you're at, but I'm up in the northern part of the state and there's just not a lot of till and maybe there is. And if you know where they're at, just let me know. But uh, <laughs> um, like when I go, like a lot of times in till season, I'm not like worried about like putting a big group together. I'm like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot two or three till work my dog and I'm going to be happy about it. But when you say they're not there, like, do you guys like limit out on, on your till and, or how's that go for you, you guys in Florida? Um, basically they're either here or they're not. So early teal, it's giant groups. It'll be like the smallest group will probably be 15, 20 birds. And then we'll have some up to a hundred. Oh, and wow. It, when they come in, you better be ready. So, <laughs> but same thing it's just fun to get the dog out there but it just depends how many hurricanes and tropical storms how much rain we've had how high our, our lake is because if it's real high i don't bring the dog we have so many alligators down here and dogs don't stand a chance oh down wow here. So, do you know anyone that's or you personally that's actually had a dog be attacked or killed by an alligator no one personally heard enough stories i've We've had enough close encounters to where it could have definitely happened if we weren't paying attention. But um, you got to. So what happens if you're paying attention? Like you you shoot the alligator or something, or like Uh, you you definitely give them a bunch of warning shots, and then grab your dog, throw it in the boat, or you just Mm. get in between it because he's most of the time. I mean, it depends. I've never had a one over nine foot really challenge me in the water. But where we're hunting, it's two eight I've footers never, that have gone after him. But, <laughs> uh, but I'm saying we're we're shallow. We're only knee deep water, so they're not gonna deep water. We're not getting out of the boat, so we're yeah. hunting out of the boats. And chances, I would say, ninety nine percent of the time, we're not even bringing a dog with us if it's deep water. So. Did you grow up? Did you grow up in that area? Uh, yeah. You've been there your whole life. So then, for you, because we were talking to kind of about this with Ben Potter about sharks because he's out in California and does some snorkeling and diving and and stuff so if I were to be being in Kansas I've never obviously we don't have anything like that never been around him if I were so for you it's just kind of you've grown up around him you know how to navigate him not that big of a deal type of thing but because you just know the ins and outs how to deal with it is that yeah, I mean, they're going to eat your birds. You can't stop that from happening. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but basically, if if they're thick in an area and you want to be in that area, you kind of just try to push them out with the boat, and they'll leave. It, you start shooting enough times, they're not coming close. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. worried they're going to attack you and everything else. They're Most of the time, they don't ever mess with you. They might be curious, but they hear enough noise, they go the other way. But a dog, on the other hand, that uh, that's free food, so they might come in on that. Yeah, it's crazy. So, have have you had and heard about times where duck hunters have ever been attacked by an alligator? Or is it that never oh, happened? Yeah, no, happen. it happens. It happens. It, it we had a real close call last year with one of my buddies I was with, and um, 
his 11 year old boy was in the canoe we were we were in a no motor zone pushing the canoe and on our way out uh there was one little opening the water was so low we couldn't paddle we were pushing through the hydrilla and he was pulling i was pushing and all of a sudden all the hydrilla came up and that gator came out of the water and popped at him and he was quicker than me because he fell in the canoe and it was an eye opener i just pulled the canoe back slow and the gator it was so shallow of water gator really couldn't move so we just pulled i pulled the boat back and once saw i saw everybody was okay just we rerouted on our way out (laughs) but it was close close. (laughs) that's that's crazy that's what we had one i could airlift it out (laughs) last year too so Hmm. but gosh that's just crazy to think about because i mean just being in the dark like so many times here i'm in the dark walking around i just will think like man if, I, if there was alligator in here i don't think i'd want to be doing what i'm doing right now yeah right. Sounds well, so scary. well an alligator we pray every year that it gets cold because when it gets cold you can literally you'll step on it and you'll go that was an alligator and but they don't move <laughs> because they're not they're not doing anything in the cold weather so if it's cold you're golden but it stays hot down here i don't think it got below 32 degrees last year so i mean it was it stayed hot the whole year and them gators were active all year long this this past year so hoping for a cold winter what about venomous snakes do you guys have a lot of those as well um we do have a lot of moccasins but on our big lake usually you're you're too far away from any of the islands to I've never really encountered any of them, but some of our other, I mean, you will encounter them, but it's just, just depends on where you're at basically. So I'm sure that's any state. Yeah. Especially if it's warm. We don't have a lot of venomous snakes up here in the North actually. (laughs) No, you guys are lucky. (laughs) We've got rattlesnakes. I saw my first, I've lived in Kansas my whole life and I've kept telling her I've never seen a rattlesnake and it's kind of, I wanted to see one at some point. And this summer I saw, the biggest most beautiful timber rattlesnake i mean it was just so impressive i mean it was like that thick around and and all coiled up it was really really impressive that's about the only thing we have to worry about and not i much saw a, a gardener snake a few years ago it's pretty scary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just, that's the only of, snake i've ever seen <laughs> when i was a kid we diamondback where but i haven't seen one in years i mean yeah. our, it's so populated now just the it's crazy how busy it is down here now so hmm. well i guess this might be a good time to um jump in the main part do we want to do th- this or that i can't remember which order we, we've been doing it now do we want to do this or that now or do we want to um yeah let's, do that? let's jump right, let's jump right into okay this yeah that. we'll, good, we'll good do this or that right now so we kind of explained it to you a little bit earlier, but we'll just jump right into it. So, uh, um, this or that, we go one way or the other. Um, on your face paint camo, do you prefer black or camo? And uh, if you're in the YouTube live stream, you guys can go ahead and, and drop your votes on this. Um, listeners, sorry, you can't. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know what the answers are later. <laughs> if I can actually ever get the poll up here. I always think that I'm so ready for this thing. And then I always butcher putting up the link. So we're going to put up a link here, guys. And if you are listening to this on podcast, um, this isn't something you're going to be able to participate. If you want to participate live on the polls, then um, you need to be here for the actual live stream. So there we go. 
what was this question again it's a uh, black or multicolored for your camo on your face what, what would your answer be brian i'm gonna have to say uh i mean it just depends on where you're at down here it stays green year round mm. so unless you're unless you can find some shadows the black will work but the green will work just as well and if the cattails are dying the brown will work just as good biggest thing i think is movement you know doesn't matter what color you're wearing as long as you're not moving you're good nice you know? looks like uh, a lot of people are going with camo i actually prefer all black just because i think it looks cool that way but <laughs> <laughs> i tend to go with all black myself the first time Man. i got face paint it was it was multi i got it um it was like that multicolor stuff but it was it was really hard to get it off my face and I, but I, when I went to more just all black, I found it was easier. More of like the I think it's more like um, and I would love to hear. I can't wait to hear like your process for putting this stuff together. Um, that you got the hardy stuff, but um, the black that I had was much easier to get off my face. Yeah, um, it looks like most people are actually going with the camo, so I had to jump in there and drop my vote for black. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll give you guys a few more seconds to vote on that. Um, looks like the percentages are about 80 for uh, the camo and 20 for black. You guys are so letting Brian, me down here. if you here. had to pick one or the other, you have to. If you had to, which one would you say? Black well, I think if black is your overall going to work in every situation. Okay. So no matter what state you're in, so I'd have to go with black. Okay. Awesome. All right, slide number two. All right, so this kind of. Would you say that there's ever a reason not to wear camo is the, the kind of the statement of this. So sometimes you don't wear it or you wear it all the time. As far as camo face paint? Yep, camo face paint, yep. Or just um, face paint in general. I shouldn't have said camo. So I think if you're duck hunting and, man, you better be really covered up. If you're not wearing face paint, you better have a face mask on. Because as we know, as duck hunters, somebody's going to look up and then birds are going to flare on you. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm so like, I, a, I, go ahead. I, I wear face paint almost every single time unless I, I forget it or something like that. And you have the occasional person that says it doesn't matter at all. But I'm of the same mind that um, it, it helps just the same as wearing camo opposed to like having a solid color or like a solid color that stands out. You know, you might get away with earth tones. Right. But, uh, you know, you just got to break up that profile um, and take away that shine. So I guess I'm in the, the same boat that I, I wear it almost all the time. <laughs> I agree with you. I'm going to have something on my face. I saw a video last year where someone put on YouTube. It was like the biggest myths of um, waterfowl hunting. And one of his was that you need your face covered. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I saw that too. What are you talking about? I mean, unless you want to just have your face buried between your knees. You have to cover your face because, I mean, we've all been out hunting where you go in 400 yards away. You can see some schmo over there looking around just his face like a lighthouse, you know? Right. Like, come on. That guy would not know what he was talking about. <laughs> all right. Let's jump to the next slide. And this one's just kind of for fun. Do you put face paint on your dog? Yes or no? <laughs> I have before, but normally don't. <laughs> I got a, I have a, a yellow lab. She's darker in color. She's pretty white in the face now because she's getting older. So maybe I might this year, but I don't think it's necessary for a dog. If you want to paint up your dog, and <laughs> yes, you're having fun with it, 
by all means go for it and that's what it's all about it's just having fun yeah, yeah. and you can, you can see my dog up there in the in the top picture he's got a little bit of face paint on there i thought it looked pretty cool so <laughs> oh plenty of people send us pictures with it nice i need to do that with mine mine um, she's getting old my yellow lab um she's turning 11 here real soon and she is the next time I love the yellow labs, but the next time I'm going to get one more, like Brian was talking about a little bit of a darker color yellow, because I swear she is so bright. I need to start face painting her up. Don't, don't you guys love it when your dog gets a little blood on there? You know, they get like that natural, <laughs> there's someone called it, there was a term for it, but they come and they had kind of face paint of duck blood on. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I forgot to say what the, the outcome was of the last one for the listeners. Um, but it is 67 for sometimes skip and 33 for all the time. And then on the dogs, we got most people don't do it, do it on the dogs. I guess they don't really care if their dog looks cool or not, but, uh, um, it's at 11% for on the dog and 89 for not. Yeah. I'm going to do it this year. Izzy's a diva. She deserves it. She (laughs) She would look cool with face paint. I'm going to do it. Got to intimidate the ducks, I guess. Uh, She just looks cool. (laughs) Uh, now this one is kind of one that we've we've seen with a lot of people or, or asked a lot of people, um, and it, it's a uh, choke size. Which choke size do you go? Do you go with full or you go wide? Go you know something wider than full. Um, and so, I'm an average shot guy. I went I went to full choke last year, and my numbers went way down. So I went right back to <laughs> nice, <laughs> much better. So nice. I'm a modified guy. So your shots fired went up and your ducks gathered went down? <laughs> that and wounded them. I don't like wounding, even yeah. though we have a dog. But when that, when especially down here, when they start making the cattails and your dog goes in there, man, it's it's kind of it's intense with the alligators down here. Hmm. Oh, I bet. Do you do yours? Your group keep track of um, how many birds you lose, how many you shoot, how many shots you fire, oh, that kind of stuff at all? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Do you hand keep it by hand, or do you have a system for, for how you guys um, keep your data? We usually, um, as far as throughout the year, you mean? Yeah, just for keeping track of what birds you're shooting and stuff. Do you keep a handwritten journal, or do you guys use an app of some type? I just keep a handwritten journal usually, just to see how many species I killed throughout the year, how many birds, if I, if I'm on track or not. So. Yeah. Jordan knows I'm setting up a shameless plug because I've had <laughs> developed a website called freelance hunt stats. And in like two minutes, you can on your phone or your computer, just record all of your hunt information, what birds you shot, the weather variables. And then it just totals them right there for you. It's really, really easy to I'll, use. I'll I always love asking people cause some people have no desire to keep track of that type of stuff, but some guys, you know, they won't miss a hunt without recording stuff. So, right. You might, might give it a look and see if it's something that might be beneficial to you guys. I will. Awesome. And uh, back back to the the chokes. I guess um, for me, um, I've I've kind of gone wide in the past just because I feel like the same as you, I have a better shot. And I know Elliot's along the same lines as me. But I've been super surprised with the number of people we ask that go full, and you know people's opinions that I res- respect too. And so. You know, I might have to give it another try or, you know, try to improve my shot. Um, just there has to be something to it a little bit if this many people are saying full. But, I mean, if you, 
you don't have the shot to do it, then <laughs> um, then there's I, not. I think, so I think that they're um, have a um, the opinions. I mean, I value everyone's opinion, but I think that their thought process doesn't actually play out. So the thoughts that I'm hearing from everyone using a full choke is that when I hit it, I want it dead. But the thing that that they're failing to grasp is that a lot more often you're going to hit them with just a small portion of your BBs. So, you know, with a improved or a modified, you've got this big range of a circle. So you're a lot, when you do clip a bird, you're going to be clipping it with a higher percentage of your um, diameter than with a full choke. So if you, if you just wing a bird with a full choke and you and the same thing with a modified, it, 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 with the radius being bigger, I don't think that their logic actually plays out the way that people think that it does when they say that. Well, to play devil's advocate on this one, which I've, I've been tending to do this more often, but uh, uh, if you're hitting them in the head, though, with a full choke, you're going to have more BBs hitting them in the head than if you do a modified choke and you're shooting them in the head. How many BBs in the head do you think it takes to kill a duck? One. Yeah, not many. <laughs> not many, unless you take one in the right on. spot. Yeah, I mean, five BBs to the head is a dead duck. Absolutely. So but you, think, you know how it is. Sometimes you cover them up and then they fly away too. So, yep. yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. I we I I've, the last two years I've gone improved cylinder through teal season, and then on to mid October. As soon as I start seeing more pintails and gadwalls and a trickling of mallards, then I'll go to modified. That's kind of what I've been doing. My dad uses improved all year. And so. I I I think, and this is not to knock anybody shooting extra full, but I I've noticed down here a lot is it seems like people that are shooting the extra full think that it it's okay to take that 65 yard shot. It's still steel shot. It only flies so far. Yeah. And now they're really crippling birds or they're sky busting and they're just ruining it for everybody. Let the birds work. And if they're going to come in, I don't really think it matters what, what choke you're shooting. The birds so what's your, your yardage limit play. then on that? Uh, I mean, with modified 40 yards, I mean, I'm not shooting really past that because yeah, I think even, are, I think even with a full, yeah, 40 is probably solid. Yeah. So, and I mean, if you're trying to reach out and touch them, is it really duck hunting? It's just, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's past shooting. Might as well go skeet shooting. So. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. There's the feeling that you have when you kill a hovering duck at 20 yards versus the feeling you have at dropping one at 40 45 to me is night and day difference the enjoyment absolutely absolutely and that's what hooks everybody's when them birds come when they come whistling in hooked up so <laughs> and in my life every time i try to stretch my range at all i am walking 300 yards after the bird i've shot at and that real quick teaches me i right. don't want to do that that's not right. fun. <laughs> right. especially if there's any wind right yeah yeah see that thing drop five yards away you're like oh i have to go try i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> right. i'm not gonna shoot that shot all right for the listener audience the final vote was 67 for full choke and 33 for wide last so slide ducks or geese well, that's easy for me. We don't get geese down here. So. <laughs> so, I mean, what if you could travel somewhere? Like, let's say you went on a, a trip to Oklahoma and you went there to see a buddy and he's like, hey, man, I got a, a sick goose hunt lined up or a duck hunt. Which one do you want to go to? 
Well, then I would have to go on a goose hunt because I don't. Because <laughs> you don't do get it. it. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't do it very often, so I'm always up for something new. Nice. I want to take a second. Can I take a second and go back to the full versus modified real quick and address something on the chat? Sure. On the chat. Okay. So, um, laser forty two forty two says my philosophy is if you practice to get good and you can hit your shots at close range, then you have a better chance at hitting them at longer range with a tighter pattern. And I've heard that argument a lot. And first, I want to say if if you choose to use a full choke, that's certainly I'm I'm not running those people down. I'm talking about I, I look more at the science of it. I mean, it's, it's really does boil down to mathematics, right? So if you have a full chatter, a full choke pattern at 20 yards versus a modified choke pattern at 20 yards, even no matter how good you get, you're still going to miss shots. And over the course of 10 years at 20 yards with a full versus a modified, you are going to drop and kill less ducks with a full choke than a modified. And I, I'm basing that strictly on the mathematics of the radius of your pattern. So you can say, well, I get good enough, but everyone is going to miss and everyone's going to miss by, you know, centimeters, inches, very, very small amounts. And with a full choke, even if you're a good shot, your rate, your um, error margin is much, much smaller and you're going to drop less ducks with a full choke than with a modified. Just to me, that's, to me, that's factual math. That's how I look at it. I think, I mean, I hate to disagree with you a little bit. I disagree with you just a tiny bit. And you just went on that big, long, long rant. But like, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you have to. Do you disagree with two plus two is four? No, no, no. Okay. So hear me out. So, um, <laughs> what, what math teaching these days? <laughs> this is that, uh, what's the, what's the new math they have now? Um, oh, no. Uh, oh, I can't crazy. remember. I can't remember what's don't called Don't even now. call it Common Core Math. Don't get yeah, me started this, on that. This is, this is <laughs> because it's a core. fallacy. People don't even get me started. I was banned from the... Never mind. Okay, so anyway, so you have to think about the ducks that you actually hit that keep going. So like, I mean, that does happen sometimes, even at 30 yards. I mean, obviously, the closer they get, the less likely it's going to happen. And I just think that a full choke will actually put those down more often than the modified whether that actually puts you over the edge for the amount of birds you're going to hit with the modified compared to the full when you're missing by those small margins it probably doesn't so a modified overall is good is is going to be better but i think that you do have you can't say that someone who is a perfect shot with a full i think that's more deadly than a modified if you're a perfect shot i'm just saying people probably aren't going to be a perfect shot so like if you're like a world-class skeet shooter i think that 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 a fool i would i would go a fool if i was a perfect shot but we're not we're, we're not perfect most people aren't going to be good enough to get to the point where a fool would give you an advantage in my opinion <laughs> I, I i agree with you and i think it's just what you feel comfortable with and i tried an extra full last year and <laughs> my buddies just laughed at me they're like yeah. what is wrong with you i'm like i i'm taking this out right now yeah. I, I made it the first four days trying to shoot with it and I'm like no more going yeah. back to modified it's just and I didn't get used to it it was something new to me and I just I don't know what the deal was but it was <laughs> I was a below <laughs> average shooter shooting yeah I've actually sure. uh I, I did the full choke a little bit last year and um it it was a no-go for me as well so either I have to get a better shot or I, I probably just right. stick with the, the more wide but I got friends that shoot extra full and knock them dead every time. So, like yeah. I said, it's just it comes down to personality. If you're good enough, shoot it. If you're not, like me, 
happen because I'm I'm okay saying it. I'm shooting modified all day long. So <laughs> I just think the idea that, you know, the, the more open shot that you uh, choke that you use means you're a poor shot, which I've actually heard people say this on YouTube channels that use improved. If you're, you know, that's for people who don't know how to shoot properly. And I, I just don't agree with that line of thinking just based on if you're taking shots. I mean, you, you, if you look up the charts of what these choke makers put out, right. And they, they put out charts of when each of these chokes are effective. And every chart that I've seen between 10 yards and 20 yards, a full choke is in the red, which means that's not the appropriate choke for that range. And then, and the charts I'm seeing, my understanding is that these are made by people that actually produce these chokes and are saying, this is when to use it and when not to use it. So um, to that, I guess that's my little pushback on that. I would agree if you can shoot a hundred out of a hundred at a skeet range or something, then, you know, it doesn't matter what you're using. And if, if you don't know, go pattern your gun. See what yeah. it's doing. See it's, mm -hmm. what it's doing with an extra full. See what it's doing with a full. See what it's doing with a modified. If you're choke, if you're if it's not changing too much, maybe stick with a modified. If it's a significant difference and you want to shoot extra full, shoot it. My a yeah. couple of my buddies, that's all they they swear by it. And I mean, I vouch for them. They're really good shots with it. So I mean, I don't know if they would be the same with a modified. If it, it would be any different, but I think it just comes down to preference. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, Brian, when you said, as long as people aren't using it, thinking they can shoot 65 yards, really, that's what it bo really boils down to. If you want to put a full choke in and shoot ethical shots, um, then and you can hit them, then go for it. But if you're using that full choke as an excuse to use 65, 70, 80 yard shots, which I've, I've seen people shoot 80 to hundred yard shots in public marshes, that's not the appropriate reason to be putting in a full choke. Right. Absolutely. Yep. We can agree on that for sure. <laughs> so anyways, let's jump back to the, the ducks and geese. So uh, Brian's favorite duck was the till, I think. Um, what's what's yours, Elliot? I'm um, just kidding, Brian. I, I will pick way. ducks over geese any any day of the week, although I'm liking goose hunting more and more the more I do it. But yeah, um, the, the variety of different ducks and what they will do in the air acrobatic-wise is, is unmatched. I love it. I've realized that a lot of the things I've said or like discussed, I really like the visuals of duck hunting a lot. And I, one of the yeah. reasons that I really like mallards or ducks, you know, like more than geese is just, they look cooler, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think they taste better too. Um, yes, I would agree. Yeah. And Brian, so, you get those teal down there a ton. So you get the constant that, you know, uh, five minutes for shooting time, 30 teal going right over your head that sound is just oh my gosh oh yeah oh yeah and you hope that they're still flying by time it's shooting time because <laughs> they're landing all the decoys oh, and yeah. it, on a teal hunt it's over i mean 8 30 if there's still birds flying around you're doing good so i've never shot a usually, no. i've never shot a full plumage blue wing i've shot a full plumage oh. green wing in late season which surprised me but uh well, um, we the blue wings all move out of here before, pretty much before right. uh, big big duck season. It's almost a guarantee late season. Well, that's all we'll do is if we're if we're on a just a teal shoot and there's no other birds around, we'll just pick out drakes and they are unbelievable. They're beautiful, yeah. especially late. And teal taste amazing too. They do. Absolutely. Yeah, I like I teal. Wood, wood duck and a pintail. Those are probably my two favorite though. Really. Yeah. I've never had pintail, but I wouldn't eat it because it would 
be mounting it probably i guess do you eat it when you mount i've never mounted one myself these are my grandpa's mounts so do you eat them when you mount them um i've never done it i've just i've always just sent them away to the taxidermy hole okay so yeah i don't think you want to go cutting into the body i never have okay Makes sense. Making unnecessary sense. fixes for him for the <laughs> You just got to see if they're good at their job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's the end of this or that. I'm really interested to get into your company and kind of the background of it. Can we go into that? I'm well, one sure. one second, Elliot. Okay. Sorry. Reintroduction. Uh, so if you guys just joined us, um, I'm I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting on YouTube, and we got our guest from Hardy Face Paint um with us tonight so like elliot was saying can you go ahead and just kind of give us the backstory about your business how you got it started tell us a little bit about yourself um so go ahead <laughs> all right well i'm brian hardy owner of hardy face paint it's just my wife and i run in the company everybody thinks we're this big huge company it's just <laughs> the two of us. and um we've just been little by little growing 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 and it's been great uh, the response from everybody from our products been unbelievable. Um, I started bow hunting probably, I'd say eight years ago now. And I never was a face paint guy because it was hard to get off. It was a mess and I hated it. So I always wore a face mask, especially down here in Florida because the mosquitoes were so bad. And when I was, I got invited to hunt in Kansas and my buddies were wearing face paint and I told them basically, you guys look ridiculous. Why, you know, <laughs> stuff off and they told me well who cares what you look like we're having fun and basically when you're bow hunting there's too much that can go wrong so that face mask gonna get in your way well it's exactly what happened that night drew back i couldn't see my peep because the face mask blocked Mm. it i had a real mosquito net so i got back told him what happened heard all about let them make fun of me for a while and then let me see your face paint. So I tried their face paint and it was the worst experience ever. Couldn't get it off, stained my skin and uh, trying to go to dinner at night, it's still all in your pores, uh, so done with it. And when I got back, I just happened to mention to my wife, I said, you know, there's no good face paint out there. If somebody could make it, you know, they would do very well. And she was like, let's try it. And my wife's one of those people, you give her an idea, she's gonna run with it. I didn't think anything of it. She started running with it. She asked to give me a list of stuff that you wanted to do and what you don't want it to do. And I'll start working. And she contacted one of her friends that's a chemist and they started working on it. And within two weeks, I got a sample and it was spot on. I mean, it, our paint isn't, doesn't have any grease. Um, it dries quick. It's a water base, so it dries quick. Once it's on, you can't smudge it. You can sweat all you want. It'll stay right there. You can't sweat it off. Um, When you want it off, you just, because I have a 16 month old, so we have plenty of baby wipes, like baby wipe, wet your face real good and it just wipes right off. And basically a demo, when people see a demo, the product sells itself. And this will be our fourth year on the market and I do our own social media. It's just been, it's been crazy. It's been a lot of fun. So 
That's the thing that intrigued me about it the most when I was looking through your Instagram account. I don't remember where I saw it, but um, something about how easy it is to wipe off your face. Cause that was my experience with face paint. It's like, I like wearing it because I don't like having to mess with a mask, but then, you know, I can't get it off. It's really hard to get off. Like you said, and even, even like inside this section. And so I, I basically stopped wearing face paint because of that. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to have to, to check yours out. And cause I would love a face paint, just like you're saying that could come off easily. And that's yeah. what we did. We took all the negatives out of face paint. And the fun part about it now is people that were just like me that were done with face paint and you're trying to get them to wear it again. They're like, no, I don't want anything to do with it. But then you show them a demo of it, you know how easy it is to come off and they're wearing it the next day. So awesome. it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's been pretty fun ride. That's for sure. The first time I actually saw it, uh, one of my buddies was wearing it. And, um, you know, I think with your social media stuff, it, it does particularly well with, uh, with the younger, younger guys and, um, you know, saw it on him. It worked, worked excellent. And, um, you know, like you said, wipes right off. And same thing with you. Like I had issues with that because sometimes I hunt before work. <laughs> and, um, right. you know, if you got that face paint on um, and then you go into work. So I went into work and like it's like smudged. It's, it looks like I've been crying like mascara and like you just can't get it off. It's just smudged everywhere. And so, yeah, that's the, the big difference there with with uh, the quality and how that works. Right. And that's basically we we just we were doing it for fun just to see we uh we first started we had 10 tubes made and i didn't know anything about social media and my wife says if we're going to do this you're going to run it so <laughs> i started trying to do a little bit of research and found 10 people that or nine people i kept one tube for myself and nine big duck hunters that had a bigger following that i thought was big and just messaged them and said hey would you like to try a new face paint on the market um, I don't need, don't want anything from you. I just want, basically, do you like it? How can I make it better? And what don't you like about it? And everybody responded, where did you get this? And how do I get more? So <laughs> it was, it was pretty, it was a pretty good, cool feeling. So we launched, we went to our first show in Birmingham at the world deer expo. And all we had was black. We had to basically hand fill every tube. We showed up with 500 tubes just to see what would happen. And we almost sold out and people nice. were just, it was crazy. The reaction people were, we had one guy telling us it was the most innovative product that he's ever that for that year at the show. And that's when we told, we just decided, Hey, we're definitely coming out with colors. Let's, let's go. Let's see where it, where it goes. So, but so what like all, what said, all different colors do you have available now? We have our three pack, which is consists of black, green, and brown. Um, we have a larger tube of just black for the people that primarily just wear black. And then this past year we came out with a gray and how we did that was we asked basically all our followers, if there was another color, what would you want? And gray was the most popular color everybody wanted. What was the, the second vote? Happened. Cause I remember that, that, um, that pool. <laughs> the, sec the second one, it was, it was actually, there was really nothing close. <laughs> so, um, we, it ended up being white. So that's what we ended up doing after the gray um, for the snow goose hunters and people mm. with some of the new crazy camo patterns out there that they say when deer look up, they see white. And so some of this camo has white in it now, hmm. which, like I said, from the get go, <laughs> it's all personal preference. 
So, um, but I just wonder uh, how they figure that out. Not to throw us off topic, but anyways, yeah, keep continuing. I, <laughs> Sorry. I know, I don't know. But uh, so we we came out three different shades of gray, and we had everybody vote what shade do you like the best. And so basically, it's like a battleship gray, and it's it's basically right in between the colors of like a cypress tree and an oak tree. So basically, you could use it for deer hunting, duck hunting if you're in the timber. If you want to mix it up with other colors, that's what people are doing. So it's been, it was a pretty good response this year with the gray. I never even thought about using white face paint for snow goose hunting. Cause I know I just purchased this off season. One of my goals was to get a totally white outfit, everything white. And I had to, I had to buy one of those, not a face mask, but I don't remember what they're called. One of those little face shields things that are white. Um, And I think that was like, I think I spent like, I don't know, 12 bucks on, on it or whatever. And I never even stopped to think about white face paint. That would be, that would work great. Yeah. It, we've had a, we've had a good, I would say a lot of the people that snow goose don't wear face paint, but the people that are doing it now, now that they see that we have a white, they're giving it a try and we're getting nothing but positive feedback from it. So it's been a, a pretty good turnout. I think next year it's really going to um, do probably twice if not three times better than it would this year for sure so it's just about getting the word out that's all awesome so what what are, what are those what are the prices typically around if you don't mind two questions prices and are you you guys still manufacturing that um personally or did you outsource that somehow so everything's made here in the u.s um, the only thing we cannot get made is our tubes. So we had to outsource the tubes because there's not an American-made company that'll even, everybody says they want to help. And when it comes down to it, they come back and say they can't do it. So we've tried and tried and tried. That's our long-term goal is to be 100% here. But everything else is done here. And our prices for our small tubes, which we sell individually for the white and the gray, are selling for $4.99. Our large tube of black is selling for $6.99. And then our three pack is $9.99. That's pretty so. impressive. You guys have gotten the price, the cost down um, that low. Cause I just compare like, like uh, people like you are doing it yourself and putting a company yourself. I would think you would struggle to get prices as in the ballpark of a light you see like at Walmart, right? But you guys, that, those prices are really impressive for, um, for what you guys are doing that's well, a good price. We, we actually we do have our we were in walmart last year and we're in walmart actually this year again but the difference between last year and this year is we had our three pack as well as our single large black in walmart but this year we're only going to have our we only have our large single black tube because the the problem was is our cost and ingredients started going up and mm-hmm. we weren't able to keep the three pack if we were going to continue with walmart to keep our stuff made here in the U S mm-hmm. and that was a big, uh, that was, I couldn't swallow that sending our company overseas. So we told him, unfortunately you can't have the three pack, but it's, it's been interesting feedback from the local archery stores and stuff like that because they can't compete with Walmart. So now they can get the three packs, which is our most popular seller and the consumer can go, the customer can go there instead of, because they, they won't be able to get it from Walmart. So so we'll see how it goes this year. 
If you guys have any uh, questions, go ahead and drop them in the chat. Ellie, do you have something before we go to some yeah, questions? Yeah, I was curious as to um, what is your – how do the people purchase it online, and what is your number one online source for purchases? So we have on our website, hardyfacepaint.com. You can get it online. Um, we're on Amazon. Um, we have a couple distributors that if you own stores, you can get it from Kenzie's, Lancaster. Um, if you're in Max near Max Prairie, Prairie Wings and Stuttgart, we sell in Max. Um, we're we're growing every day, slowly and steadily. Like I said, it's just my wife and I. Um, but if we get emails all the time, hey, can I know this store? I'd love to see you guys in it. If you guys, if, if there's anybody listening that wants us to be in one of your local stores, shoot me an email. And if you have a contact number for that store, that's even easier for me and i can call them we can talk and if they're interested we'll get it in that store so i'm gonna take a little different angle a personal one that had to be so much fun for you and your wife just to have an idea and then all of a sudden you see it growing like that that just had to be such a wonderful time for the two of you personally to be collaborating on something and seeing it expand like that absolutely and my hat's off to my wife because she's done all the legwork she she i mean without her it would have never happened for sure it would have just still been an idea <laughs> that's so cool that is such a neat story iowa plainsman asked um does the face paint come off beards well it does and people are painting their dogs up which we do not we we've never tested with animals so when people ask us is it safe for animals we still always say just to be safe we don't recommend it but it's your own judgment. It's your own animal. We can't tell you what to do. But so for hair, it does come off. Does it come off with just water or do you need wipes? Asked by Cameron Deaton. Any, anything with water. So basically what I do is if I don't have wipes, warm water, if you have it, if not, usually your face is so cold. So warm water and then wet your face real good and then it, it wipes right off. Zach Outdoors asked, do you put a pattern on your face or just randomly uh, block it in? That That's all preference. To me, face paint, it's, it's a way to conceal your face, but it's also a fun way to hunt. So people get, if you look on our Instagram or Facebook pages, people get very creative and spend a lot of time doing designs. I personally, if I, if I don't do it at the truck, when I get in the blind, it's, it takes me about maybe 15 seconds. I just put it on however it goes. So the geek, uh, the website is hardyfacepaint.com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Um, let's see. I think I missed one. Uh, somebody asked <laughs> a little off topic, but uh, laser four, two, four, two asked that he wants to kill a pintail with a long sprig. Um, but what's his, what's his best bet later in the season? Is later in the season his best bet to do that? I guess it, it might Where's depend where you're at. I'd have to say absolutely, especially down here in Florida. So late when season. do you when when yeah late season for you guys? Yep. Pintail or what it was? Yeah, he said pintail with a long sprig. Oh, with a long sprig. Oh yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> last season i was really surprised we get pintail in october and then late january and normally if you get one in october 
um, don't be planning on getting uh, that great of a sprig. But last year when we were shooting them in October, I was really surprised. It seemed like that there was a lot more long ones than normal. Yeah. So the, I actually found out, um, recently. So there's, um, I met this guy out where I, um, hunt a lot. It's one of my favorite places to go and he hunts it as well. So, you know, we kill literally I've, I've killed wood ducks in there and, and mallards and that's it. Um, and only the wood ducks early season, but anyways, so we're talking about the late season last year and, um, he said he, he killed a pintail in there and we're talking about it and it turned out he hunted on the same day I did, but he hunted in the afternoon and I hunted <laughs> in the morning and I've never seen a pintail like in person. I've never seen a pintail. Mm -hmm. And, um, he had a pintail come right in there and <laughs> they shot it. I was like, I'm, I'm so jealous right now, but you know, just congratulated him and <laughs> asked to see a picture yeah. and, <laughs> uh, pintail are something My special for us Northern folks. They seem like they're special for everyone. Just that color of chocolate with that little white swirl that runs up their neck. It, and they're just so sleek and just elegant. They're, man, they're an incredible duck. And if you've hunted long enough, you know they are the hardest ones to get to commit. Yes. So they're going to circle you five, maybe six times sometimes before they, they usually don't ever just dive right in. The geek Do asked... Let me, let me, real quick. Yeah, go do ahead. You run, do you run pintail decoys in in your sets? Um, it it depends where I'm at, but if if I'm hunting some of the impoundments, absolutely. So what what what, what is your what's your placement strategy for pintails within your set? Do you separate them? Do you put them all together? What what's kind of your philosophy? Yeah, on? I, I I usually group them together and put them. They're the furthest the furthest birds from us. So that's exactly that what we do too. Yeah. If one Put them on the commit, fringes. Right. Exactly. Yep. All right. That's good to know we're on the same page. Because if someone says something different, I try it. Because you're right. They can be, they're just weary and don't really like traditional like mallard sets. And, but then sometimes then you'll try and you'll see them flying with mallards. But we, we tend to have the best luck with just like half dozen, just kind of on the outskirts of the spread by themselves. Right. Like I said, sometimes like if we're in some of these impoundments and the birds are really holding, we'll bring a dozen and a half because that's our goal is to is to actually we're targeting pintails because some of these places it it's that your goal is to end up with your pins and your widgeon. So because we don't get the mallards and most of us down here, including myself, and I'm not afraid to say it, I've gone other places duck hunting. They're like, hey, you got a mallard call? I'm like, nope. <laughs> never even learned how to blow one never had to um, we don't get mallards model ducks you can blow a mallard call at them and they just keep flying huh. so on the river every now and then you can get one a turn but they they know where they're going so what do you guys do as far as calling um pintail whistles widgeon teal call and a lot of movement in our spread Spinners, jerk rigs, more what? Um, we don't we don't use spinners too much. Uh, more jerk rigs. Um, we have a bunch of wobblers. Um, we tried some. We actually made some with some bilge pumps last year, just to get some movement with spraying some water, and it actually worked really well for us towards the end of the year. I wish I would have done it earlier, but um, movement is key. I mean, and that's, I think, anywhere you hunt, if you can have some movement, the birds are going to commit a lot better than everything sitting there still. Especially on those uh, no-win days, right? 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I take for our teal. Every actually, I've done it now for, I mean, half my spread has the keels cut off. So, um, especially when we're in some little tight holes where we're teal hunting, there's doesn't matter what the wind's doing. There's not going to be any wind with cattails that are, you know, six seven foot tall. So you cut all the keels off, and just with some monofilament, those teal will be moving all over the place. Wow, that, so it works really well. Innovative. That's really, that's interesting. Yeah, I was talking about freelance hunt stats, and on my personal statistics, if you give me a wind between thirteen and twenty, my average uh, bird per hunt is like three point four. But you get under a six mile an hour wind, and I only shoot like two point one. I mean, it's like a massive. That's even like two hundred and fifty hunts logged. That's a massive difference. Yeah. Wow, that is. <laughs> Wait, what was the difference again? It's three point four five when the wind, but and that's my best wind range is mm -hmm. between thirteen and twenty, and then two point one if it's below six miles an hour. Hmm. So I wonder if uh if some of that is due to like when you have higher winds too, a lot of times you have a change in weather which can bring movement in ducks as well. Yeah, you know what? I need to go and sort and take a look at what it's like, those two variables versus south wind versus north, because you can check, like, on that site, you can check north wind and south wind. So when I'm done, I'll go back and look and see if there's a difference in wind with a north versus south, because if it's a south wind, that wouldn't be a front coming in, or mm -hmm. I would, unless it was right after a front, but typically. But not, yeah, not typically. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to check that and see. That's a good point, but I, I think it's just the movement on the water more than anything. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're so high most of the time. If they like it, they're coming. And if nothing's moving, they, especially down here, they've seen decoys from Canada all the way down the East Coast by the time they get to Florida. So you better have some movement. If it's sitting still, <laughs> the only bird you're going to fool usually is a teal. Everything else is just going to keep going or flare off of you. So, so no mojos? Um, we use them early in the season, or if we do, um, right at daybreak and it, we don't use obviously the the mallards we use the teal mojos and but right after the sun gets up just high enough we pull them because it flares our birds <laughs> even so the maybe... even the teal yep wow good to know so. uh here's another question i guess i don't i don't think you've answered this yet but uh we actually had um quite a debate in our facebook group over the last week and then on our last podcast as well um, talking about um, teal decoys versus regular decoys. Um, like if you're using like regular decoys, just hens for like the teal season. But then again, like you, you probably don't hunt very many mallard decoys to start with. But um, right. early season, are you a, a proponent of hunting with teal decoys or do you think it has little difference? Oh, that I mean, for us, teal decoys are a no-brainer because that's the majority of our birds um, for puddle ducks. So you're not going duck hunting without teal decoys if you're targeting puddle ducks. If you're going divers for ringnecks or something like that, then obviously probably not going to bring any teal decoys with you. But that's definitely our go-to. And I've been mixing it up now to where I always run at least six teal decoys as long as they're not flipping over without with the keels cut off in with my ones that have the keels still on them. So them teal, there's always movement whether some are really moving and some are barely moving, it just changes it up. So, and it's been, it's been working really well. Awesome. And yeah, we, give or go. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish, finish yeah. And, and some of our impoundments when the coots get real thick, 
late season, we'll run all coots and put maybe six teal in it. And wow. the birds will just come to the coots. So, and you'll see birds flaring off everybody else and diving in our coot spread. So it's pretty interesting. You just got to pay attention to see what the birds are doing. That's really interesting. We, we get a lot of coots in um, September and October, and I've seen them ducks um, bombing into to coots before. I don't have any um, experience with using the decoys. The question I was asked is, um, have, you, have you ever tried a smaller decoy set with no wind um, with more motion? Have you, ever, have you ever downsized at all? Um, towards the end of the season, usually start bigger the beginning and then towards the end you're you're running very few birds so but that's not because when that's because you're trying to look different than everyone else probably yeah and i think we we start really thinning out towards late season and it all depends obviously on the year to year but the birds whatever's staying around they've been shot at before they know what's going on you're not blowing on a call nearly as hard you're just letting them work and play in the wind for sure so Okay. All righty. Uh, anything else you want to add, Elliot? No, I, I just have to, I keep saying this, man, talking to different people from different parts of the country is to me the most interesting thing. I, I really need to start taking notes for these people because everyone does things a little bit differently and mm -hmm. everyone has success in the things that they do. Yeah. And it's just so fascinating to hear just people like Brian Hunt in a place that, it's completely foreign to me using different tactics that he has field tested that I have never heard of anyone doing that very well may just be a local type of thing that could apply here in Kansas that people just don't do. It's just so fascinating to me. Well, I think also a lot of people, they don't pay attention to the small details. If you sit there and watch a, a big group of birds and you're trying to hunt them the next day, and you watch what they're doing, how they're how they're sitting on the water. You pretty much, and the wind's going to stay the same direction. Why wouldn't you put your spread exactly how you saw them? Mm -hmm. Or if if the widgeon, like they do down here, when we do get them, they're stealing food from the coots, and they're in with the coots. Why wouldn't you have a huge spread of coots with your dozen widgeon mixed in with them? It yeah. works every time. How many so coot decoys do you guys have? I'm sorry. How many coot decoys do you guys have? Um, it all depends. I mean, usually we'll run on on a I would say on an average day we'll probably run up to five dozen. Wow. So, especially early season. So, if you can if you can get the raft, the other birds, the big birds, they come right to you. Mm -hmm. At least come to check to see what's going on. They'll give you a look compared to guys that just have straight pintails and widgeon, everything else. So, and again, just paying attention. If there's no coots around, we're not running coot decoys, so. Awesome. Well, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and we, we enjoy uh, having like-minded individuals come on here and talk about duck hunting and share your story with us. And so we really appreciate your time this evening. And um, can you- thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, can you go ahead and give everyone, uh, you know, the lowdown where that where they can find you on social media and uh, again, drop your website in there. All right. Um, on Facebook, it's Hardy Face Paint, all caps. Um, on Instagram, it's Hardy Face Paint, but Hardy underscore Face Paint. Twitter, same thing. And you can find us online 
www.hardyfacepaint.com. If you have any questions, email me. I get to you. I, I'm, I always have my phone close by. So any questions I answer right away. Doesn't matter how crazy the question is, I've got them all. So whether you want to send me a message on social media or an email, doesn't matter to me, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Well, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, co-host Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys next time. And that's our app, folks. Thanks again for joining us on another great episode. Really appreciate Hardy Facebook joining us on this one. Um, anyways, guys, if you want to know what you can do to help us out and the podcast out, make sure to share this podcast with your buddies, with your hunting buddies. Um, give us a review here on iTunes. Uh, check us out on Fellowship of the Duck Gun, our Facebook group. We're having all kinds of waterfowl conversations all the time. And check us out on YouTube. Me and Elliot are going to be pumping out as many hunt videos as we can this season. All right, that's all I got, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go.